0: Help, I Got a Mac, episode number nine.
1: Hello, I'm a Mac. And I'm a PC. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Santa Claus Claus is is coming coming to to town. town. He sees you when you're in sleep mode. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad or good. So buy a PC and not a Mac this holiday season or any other time, for goodness sake. Oh, come on. Oh, what? Well, I thought those were the lyrics. I mean, that's how I learned it.
0: All righty. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to Help I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biden. Chris, why don't you tell the folks who are listening for the very first time just what Help I Got a Mac is all about? It is a show about the bestest and most awesomest
2: computer ever. The Gateway. No, I'm doing The Gateway. (laughs) It's a a podcast dedicated to the new or going to be new Mac user. Yes. Someone who bought this awesome, super awesome piece of equipment, and
0: they don't know what to do with it. Pretty much, yeah. Other than turn it on and just stare at it. And uh, we uh, have a show full of questions and comments from all kinds of folks all over the world tonight. It's going to be a cornucopia of questions and answers. Right. It's going to be awesome. So let's get started uh, by saying thank you to our uh, generous donors for this show. This show is brought to you by listeners like you. Want to help support this show? Visit gspn.tv donate today. There we go. That was oh, that that, like another one of you. That was pre-recorded Cliff. You've never heard him before? Pre-recorded Cliff sounds smooth. Yes, he does. He's a little... <laughs> it, it's almost as if he's a professional broadcaster or to, something.
2: I was wondering if he's in the closet or if he's underneath the counter. It was weird.
0: Okay, He's inside your head. You're always... I always hear you inside my head, Cliff. <laughs> anyway, we want to say a very special thank you to those of you who have recently donated uh, to, to the Generally Speaking Podcast Network, which is where we produce all of our shows. And if you have not... uh ventured outside of the realm of Help, I Got a Mac. We have a whole host of shows that we produce here in the gspn.tv studios. Check it all out at gspn.tv. Now, one thing we will ask that you do uh, here in the next uh, couple days uh, and weeks, you out there in our listening audience, you are going to come across somebody who just opened up a MacBook for Christmas or a iMac for Christmas. There is just no doubt in my mind that there will be a high percentage of our listeners who know somebody that is just now about ready to unwrap one of these things. Oh,
2: absolutely. With with Apple breaking sales records every quarter, it's bound to happen, especially for the holidays.
0: Yeah. And so we are going to ask you to do one favor. We want you to take a piece of paper and a pen and write down this website address, www.com. Gotamac.com and put that piece of paper in their hand and say, this is where you need to go next. And for a limited time only, you don't even have to put the www. That's right. For a limited time time only, helpigotamac.com. We may change that in the future. We could. (laughs) Possibly. So anyway, uh, Chris, what do we have to start the show off tonight?
2: Well, um, as a lot of people know, uh, the last show, which was on my birthday... And I'm still 31, and I I still feel 31. But uh, we gave away a shirt, and uh, I have to I have to let the, the winner who uh, the winner know. And I don't I don't have their name written down, but I've got it on my computer somewhere. <laughs> I should use Spotlight and look for it. Um, some things came up. I haven't been able to send it out yet, but I want them to know that to be patient, and it will go out this coming week, along with our new winner. And we'll get to that later. But I'm giving away another shirt right now, so we got two shirts going out. Maybe we'll do a third.
0: Right. And so, uh, let's see here. We also have the ability, for those of you who are out in the chat room live, which we have a pretty decent audience in the uh, live chat room here, you guys can uh, take a look at the screen, and there is a number scrolling, and you can call in your questions and comments regarding the Macintosh computer, and uh, we'll see what we can do in this show to help anyone and everyone out. Absolutely. All right. Let's go with uh, a phone call that we received. Actually, it's not a phone call. It is a voicemail that was pre-recorded in their studio. It's a good friend of mine. His name is Eric Fisher. Cool. And uh, Eric has been a longtime listener to many of the podcasts that we produce here at gspn.tv. He does a podcast called Bo- uh, We're Both Right. And it's a, the, you can find it over at bothright.com. But he just bought himself. A mac and awesome. so he's written in a question and uh here we go
1: let's do it hey cliff and chris this is eric fisher from BothRight.com. i just uh got a macbook i Yay. didn't want to hold out till MacWorld. i figured the best That's upgrade right. that could possibly be happening be maybe the the equivalent of the imac going from white to uh brushed metal or aluminum or whatever you want to call it and maybe a small small tweak but with Christmas coming up and having some time off from work, I was just going to regret not having the MacBook sooner. My question is, I'm a new switcher. I've used Macs in the past, but I am this is my first Mac that I own. I want to install all these awesome free or trial programs and see what they're like and then get rid of them if I don't like them. Well, on a Windows machine, that would be a bad thing because I would install all these things and leave traces of them behind. What's the best way, or is there a proper way, to... Install slash uninstall programs on the Mac that will not leave residual effects. Oh, and as a side note, I did notice that I could upgrade to two gigs of RAM from Crucial.com for 55.99 with free shipping, versus the 137 dollars it would have taken me to upgrade it that when I did at point of purchase on the Apple website. Just thought that anybody that's going to buy a MacBook should know that. Thanks. Keep up the good work. Talk to you later.
0: Is it me, or does Eric Fisher have an iPhone?
2: He's got some kind of uh, GSM phone.
0: Eric uh, is in the chat room. Eric, do you have an iPhone by any chance? Because, no, okay, so, anyway.
2: Maybe maybe I didn't put it, you know what, maybe I didn't. Are you not in airplane
0: mode? Could have been me, let's find out.
2: I am not in airplane mode
0: right now. (laughs) It was was Chris all along.
2: I, I turned my Wi-Fi off. Yeah. And not my everything else. All right. All right. That was my fault. I apologize.
0: So for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, during the end of Eric's question, uh, there was a little buzzing sound uh, and you heard that. And that is, iPhones are notorious for sending, I don't know if I'm like going to get extra brainwave radiation from these things. You know what? There's something I've noticed about mine too. I use mine
2: exclusively now as an iPod in my car. Yeah. And, um. It could be the cable I have or, or whatever. Nope. It's just I hear nope. every time I'm listening to this, I have to put my hand around the cable up near up near where I plug it in. And, uh, to shield it, yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking about just taking like tinfoil or something and just wrapping it around it. But then I'm afraid my <laughs> my signal is going to go, you know, to the toilet. So
0: yeah, no, seriously, that that's a huge. Let, let's talk about that for just a minute, and then we'll get to Eric's call. Okay. Since since we're on the topic of these iPhones, that is the biggest draw fact, drawback of the iPhone. Yeah, is that um, it's not made to work with really any of the devices, the docks out there that you plug into. Right. Because of that that frequency, that that um, wavelength that comes out there, it causes such interference with with just about anything. And so, um, when you go out and I have I have this really awesome uh, Griffin wireless FM transmitter that you plug into the cigarette lighter and it plugs into the iPhone interface or the iPod interface down at the bottom, and it works perfect on any iPod but you can't it doesn't actually work at all with the iPhone it doesn't even send the audio signal well, through it, the cable and and it makes sense to me
2: why that wouldn't work just because you're you're putting a transmitter on the bottom of a transmitter yeah so that that I could see why it's not working it, it's weird though that the headphone jack causes interference now it could be because I made my headphone jack for my car what I did is I took the normal shielding uh-huh. on there, and I kind of stripped it
0: around so it would but fit. Yeah, but it's not that because I have a couple cassette adapters that do the same thing. That do the, sa- okay. the same exact thing. So someone will come out with something. I, I've been look Every time I go into an electronics store, I always look for some kind of iPhone-approved device that will send the audio to the radio. But I'm just
2: gonna have to MacGyver something to There get.
0: you go. Yep. But uh, to get back to, um,
2: to, Eric, yeah. to Eric's question, first off, I want to I make a, a quick statement because he mentioned RAM at the end. Okay. If you're going to buy a new Mac, please, please, please don't buy the RAM from Apple because they make them out of unicorns or something. They're like <laughs> 10 times more expensive than if you bought them from Crucial or from Kingston or from anywhere else. And, and a lot of people are like, oh, well, Apple tests the RAM. No. It's the same kind of RAM that you get anywhere else. Generally, it's Samsung RAM or this weird company called Helix, who I've never heard of. Um, but yeah, just get get your RAM somewhere else. The only exception I would say to that is the Mac Mini, because you have to use a putty knife to open it up.
0: Right. So Yeah. Now, I will tell you that when I went and bought my MacBook, switching from one gig of RAM to two gig of RAM, they already had pre-configured upgraded MacBooks. And that's
2: okay. But if if you're buying it at the store and they don't have a pre-configured one, yes. don't get the RAM there, please. Exactly, exactly. It, especially on a MacBook, it takes 10 seconds to do it. And what's really cool is if you ever decide to get a bigger hard drive on the MacBook, it's just as easy to get a new hard drive for that too. Cool. Well, uh, what else did Eric ask? Um, Deleting... Yes, files. Yes, um, on a Mac, all your applications are encapsulated. I, I use my hands a lot. If people are watching the video, I use my hands a lot when I talk. Um, all the files are encapsulated. Which what that what that means is when you look at like the program iChat, when you click on iChat, you're what you're really clicking on. It looks like an application, but it's really a file. It's a special kind of file, and it has everything in that file basically it's, it's and,
0: kind of it's kind of like if you can th- think of like um you know a pill a capsule that you take that exactly. has a pill and when you swallow that pill you think that you're just swallowing that f- pill but in fact what you're doing is that pill is is really a, a lining that capsule will fade away and inside are all the little capsules right uh, the different little things that'll, that and, are inside. and they, they
2: call them packages you could you can right click on me- if you are <laughs> drugs.
0: That's what Eric says.
2: <laughs> if you right click on any application, it says show package contents. And you don't ever really want to mess around with any of that stuff. But when you, let's say you start up iChat. Mm-hmm. The only extra thing it's going to really put anywhere else other than the file is your preferences. It's going to put those in your library folder, in your user folder. Okay. Um, the, that's the PL file? Uh, the PList file.
0: PList, know. I'm sorry, yes.
2: And uh, the wow. only exception to that is, is an application like GarageBand. Okay. That uses loops and stuff like that. It asks for resources in the system folder in, in there's a in, in your root of your of, of your drive. And as far like if you click on your hard drive as far back as you can go, you see uh, the system folder, users folder, library. I think sometimes the developer folder. In the library folder is all those extra files. Okay, like audio files and stuff like that. And normally you don't want to mess with that stuff. Um, there is a program you can get. It's a free program. Uh, called app trap okay and the urls there's not a real clean url to give you so just do a google search on app trap a p p t r a p okay this is a program i use and it's a it's a control panel uh, extension goes in your system preferences and all it does is it monitors when you install something where everything goes right so if there's little little itty bitty little chunks it'll grab everything and it's not a huge deal, but sometimes, you know, if you do want to gr- delete GarageBand, like you never, ever use it, you want to get back like three gigs of space, you de- you delete GarageBand and it takes everything else with it. Sweet. Yeah.
0: All right. So there is uh, um, that. And, of course, for those of you in the showroom, in the chat room, uh, Eric has already posted a link to that. Thank you very much for that. And we'll put a link to that in our show notes, which I'm writing down here, app trap.
2: And what's funny is... uh. Eric, I selected your question twice because you also wrote it down in the forum, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty, so uh, very cool. Now, I have a question for you just to build on that question for just a moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, What about, I just downloaded this program called Adobe Air, and if I'm not mistaken, that may have been a disk image or DMG file. Yes. Okay. However, I've downloaded some Adobe Air applications, well, right. specifically one called Snitter. Mm-hmm. And now, it, when it came down, it was not a DMG file. It was it was an Adobe Air file. So right. where does that thing get installed? Um, what it does is it actually uses the
2: Adobe Air framework to install it stuff. Okay. It still puts it in the applications folder, though. Right. Under, I think it's like, the folder's called air Applications or something like that. Okay. It's it's two, it's all encapsulated. And what's nice is it does that for Windows and for Mac. Okay. So everything is basically the Air program makes calls to that file and takes care of it all of itself.
0: Very cool. And I'm looking in the chat room just so you guys know uh, there is uh, John at Mac Mobile and he says he uses App Zapper. Yeah, App
2: Zappers is a really, really neat program. Um, I want to say it's like 15 bucks maybe or 10 bucks. Uh, it's like a little zapper gun mm-hmm. and what you do is you just drag the application that you want to get rid of on top of the, the little zapper and hit the zap button. It makes a cool noise and it deletes everything.
0: Now, does it send it to the trash can? Do you know, or it does. so it's something that you, if you accidentally do it, it can come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. All right. And then of course we have Jay Patrick in the room and he says he uses app delete and it's a free program.
2: Yeah. App delete kind of works the same way app zapper does. It's not as cool looking. Um, app delete is like a little like bucket kind of wooden bucket trash can type thing you you do the same thing you drag it on top of its icon it deletes it throws it in the trash so i just like app trap because it's kind of automatic i never have to think about it i just trash the files and it grabs all the associated files with it
0: very cool yeah all righty so um let's see here the other uh Question that we have came in via the telephone, and then we'll go to some of the questions you picked out of the forum. Sounds good. And uh, let's see here. Let me pull this up. And I think it I think it was Bill or Bob. I can't remember. I think it's Bob.
3: Uh, hello, Cliff and Chris. Uh, this is Bob yep. uh, calling from the Seattle, Washington area shoreline, a suburb. Sweet. And uh, in regards to the podcast help, I've got a Mac. And I love the show. I called in a few weeks ago. Um, I have uh, found that uh, if when I do my iPod, uh, uh, iTunes, if I just bring in all my albums off of my CD collection, you know, 10 or 15 at a time, and then on the album view list if i put it on the date that it was added it gets them all on the most recent ones go to album view where it shows the album icon on the left side i can just drag the album album icon over with all 15 or 16 songs at one time and drop it right onto the the ipod uh, icon and uh, there they go before i was just uh bringing them over one at a time and it was really time consuming but really thanks a lot for the tip I really appreciate it and uh, for uh, for uh, Chris and uh, or I mean uh, Cliff and Stephanie uh, for the Lost and Heroes um, podcasts thanks so much it's it's just a wonderful thing to look forward to for me it just it, it's I, I, I listen to lots of podcasts of those two shows and um, years are by far my favorite. I found years later, later on, after you began and went back and archived them and listened to uh, all of the heroes ones and uh, most of the last ones about my favorite episodes, and I and I really enjoy them. And I just I heard the statement uh, show, and I just wanted to be one of the people, many people that took the opportunity to call in and thank you guys for what you do because it does mean a lot and it is it is really great and I really appreciate it. I have one problem uh as far as the help I've got a Mac goes when I installed leopard, I kind of goofed on saving my uh mm-hmm. pictures and uh i have a I have a feeling that I, did, I tried To do a clean install, and I have a feeling that they're in that they're in my Mac Mini on the hard drive, and I can't access them. Every time I get close to where I believe I'm getting them, I get a Unix executable file, and it can't open it. And I'm wondering if this is, and since it's a mini and it's very portable, almost like a laptop, I'm wondering if this is something where I I might be best taking it to Genius Bar or Apple Store and asking them to go in and see if they can retrieve my photographs that I've got in there. Um, I, I feel confident that we'll get success here. Thanks again for everything. You guys are great. I so look forward to the show. And, uh, to the shows and, um, God bless you. And, uh, bye-bye.
0: Thank you very much, Bob. And, and especially for your kind words about all the shows that we produce over here. And, uh, we very much appreciate your encouragement. Sweet. Now, uh, let's talk about his, uh, pictures.
2: <sighs> yeah. Pictures are the, yeah.
0: So, okay, <laughs> what can I say about him? Um, it sounds like he just upgraded to Leopard is, is what I heard. Right, And he did not do anything to save his pictures bef- you know off before he did the upgrade.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, and that's, that's one thing that, that both of us will recommend until we're blue in the face is that back up those very, very critical things, uh, you know, your photos, your music, your documents, all that kind of stuff, before you ever go to a whole new operating system. You know, right. always make a backup. Now, as far as the Unix executable file, uh, sometimes um, OS 10 will put that that little blurb on files so that it doesn't. It's not real sure what to do with. Right, um, will be a, a Unix executable file. It doesn't mean anything. Um, as far as where his file, his photos are, the best bet at this point is to take it to the Genius Bar. Um, for the initial diagnostic, they're not going to charge you anything, and they, it's probably something they can fix in 15 or 20 minutes.
0: Very cool. Now, if he
2: did a clean install and didn't back him up, I don't know. Um, technically, the files should still be on the system, even if you do a clean install. It formats it, but it does a quick format where it says basically, it flags the hard drive, says, Hey, I'm going to delete all this stuff. Just I'm going to flag it for deletion. It's going to stay there until you write over it. So that if, if that's the case, a slight chance it could still be on there, but you need to get specialized software
0: to get it off. Yeah, which they may have at the Mac Genius Bar. Or at they... least, yeah, oh, Data Rescue
2: is a program that, that he can get. It's from ProSoft, um, but it costs like a 100 bucks. You can right. download a demo to see if it can find the files before you ever spend any money,
0: though. Very cool. Now, I have a question uh, for myself here, Chris. I have decided, I, I believe that, if I'm not mistaken, Flickr.com. I've been playing around with their free version mm-hmm. and, and I'm loving it. yep. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe there's some kind of limit as to the number of photos that I can put up in a one month period of time, I believe. Yeah, and
2: I think there's also a limit on the number of albums you can put up too.
0: Okay. and, and to get a pro account at flickr.com is not that expensive from what I understand. I think what? 25 bucks a year or 20 yeah. bucks a year mm-hmm. somewhere around there. And if I'm not mistaken, doesn't that provide you unlimited sp- space? Or it's does anybody in the chat room know this? It's Practically
2: unlimited. I want to say it's like 25 gigs or 10 gigs or something. I don't know.
0: All right. So Andrea's saying it's 24.99. Yeah, I don't. I I've been kind of playing around with both Flickr and Picasso web galleries from Google. Okay.
2: Um, I like the Picasso one because it, they do have a an iPhone specific. Page it's all Ajaxy and cool looking. And it actually looks like your photo page built into the phone.
0: Right, um,
2: and it's it's free for a bunch of pictures too.
0: Yeah. So well, I, I like Flickr. The one of the things I like about Flickr is the fact that I can put all my photos up there, and and it's already so many people are using Flickr, yeah. and it has those APIs. You can hook it into your blog. You can do you know all it, sorts of great stuff with lo- lots of great stuff there. Here's here's my thing. I have some photos that have been. Imported and are now in the what's that thing called? Photo iPhoto iPhoto I hate iPhoto. Okay, I despise iPhoto. That's okay. So you're, you're allowed. I thank you. Uh, so anyway, where can you tell me? And and I'm sure this will be helpful information to those of you who have recently got your Mac. Maybe maybe you've had your Mac a couple months now, like I have since June. Uh, And you've plugged in your digital camera and you Mm -hmm. let it import them all and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And you perhaps maybe like me have decided that iPhoto is really not the best thing. I'd like to store them either maybe even back them up onto disk or to put them up on the web or what have you. That's my desire. So, Chris, can you tell me where on earth on this hard drive I can find all of my photos? Are they in iPhoto right now? They're all in iPhoto. Okay, in fo- uh, iPhoto used to put all your photos in a photo folder. Okay,
2: under pictures or photo pictures, I think.
0: Okay, uh,
2: what they did when they made a change when you if, when you went to iPhoto eight, yes, uh, or iLife 08. Uh, they changed that and made the file an encapsulated file, just like an application. So if you okay. double click on it, it's gonna you know launch iPhoto. Okay, if you control click or right click
0: on that. If you go into your uh, pictures folder. Okay, I am looking for my pictures folder. It's not over here on the left, so it must be under documents maybe? Uh, it's, uh, it's under your home folder. Uh, I'm looking at home. I'm I'm here at the Macintosh HD page. So where do I go next? Go to users. Okay, so go to users.
2: Oh, I forgot you're using that legacy OS.
0: <laughs> yes, I am. So I go to users, then I go to Cliff. And then I go to pictures, okay. Yep. okay? I see pictures now.
2: Okay, do you see an icon? It looks like an iPhoto icon. Uh,
0: I do see iPhoto library. Don't double click on it. Okay. So it'll
2: automatically launch iPhoto.
0: Okay, don't want that because I hate it. <laughs>
2: do a control click or <laughs> control right cl- click or right click or whatever you want to call it.
0: I'm gonna go ahead and do right click. And there's gonna be an option to show package contents, I think. Show package contents. Mm-hmm. Okay, I do see it. Yep, and then all the photos are in there. Okay, now I see a bunch of files. But I don't know. Is it under data maybe?
2: I think it's under originals. Or
0: originals. I see originals. So yeah. I double click there. And there they are. 2005, 2006, 2007. And if I double click in here. And then of course it's got it by the dates. And it does have some JPEGs now, in here. Now why do you not like iPhoto? Just out of curiosity. Uh, well I don't know. I, I I personally just haven't really given it a chance. Uh, but I don't. Number one. I Okay. Here, here's the deal. Okay. For me, I never use a program just to view pictures on the uh, use. I never want to use an application to view pictures on my hard drive. Okay. As a PC user, I've always just kept things in folders. Right. So whenever I would say, let's say I have my digital camera full of pictures okay i would go to my pic i had have a folder set up called pictures right i'd create a new folder yeah and i would uh, in the name of the folder would be the date and a description of what's on the camera at the time okay and i would drag and drop all of my pictures over into that folder okay if i ever wanted to see that i would just use the preview to see any one picture or to flip through the pictures okay i didn't want to i don't need an application to view pictures what I do need from time to time, however, is I, I want to be able to still have very easy access right. to the folders, not to a pack uh, an encapsulated file. Okay, I I want access to just my folders. I want to go in and I want to find the one picture that I have, and I want to be able to re- do it very easy. I want to be able to uh, I want to be able to crop it. Uh down to what I to the just the portion I want and okay. I want to be able to resize it to let's say five hundred pixels wide by two fifty pixels high. Okay. And I wanna be able to do that. I cannot do that with iPhoto. Sure you can. I can? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. And then can I also at the same time add text on top of it? On top of the picture itself? Yes. Okay, see that's another thing. So basically what I'm saying is the only time I if I want to do something with my picture, I want to do it in a photo editing software package. Okay. And that's and that's fine. What what I what I use iPhoto for, um I had a lot of
2: metadata on on my photos and you know the location of where it was and things like that. When I plug in my my camera, it knows by the date, you know, that I took all these photos, you know, it, within one day, so it's probably one event and it kinda categorizes things for me. I use it to categorize pictures and stuff like that. Now if I want to edit edit them, um you can set up an iPhoto. When you go to edit the picture, it'll open up, you know, uh Pixel what I'm using, or it'll open up uh, uh Photoshop or whatever you know, whatever application you want to put on there. Yeah. Um the thing I like about iPhoto is that um I've got uh plugins for uh for Flickr. So I can export to Flickr if I need to or anything like that. So Yeah. It, it's just something i've been used to um, i don't want to have to drill down to a bunch of folders to look for my picture and then look through them i mean with the new leopard you can use coverflow or you know the quick preview you can look at all the things like that well, which is cool
0: but what and and what i see the th- here, it's not it's
2: not elegant is what i'm trying to
0: say right i i understand what you're saying and here's the thing a, a couple a couple years ago probably about 2 years ago i decided that i do not ever want to depend on a computer again Okay. Okay. I, I never want to depend on my computer here locally. You know, I mean, we've had laptops go kaput. I mean, there's there's one behind you that's kaput. There's one in here that's kaput. I it, they're just after a while they're just trash. And you know, backing them up and stuff like that. I just don't have time a lot to to keep everything maintained and backed up as much as I should. Right. What I like, and and of course, you know, sometimes I want to work here, maybe I'll work at another location on another computer. If I want a picture that I just like, oh my gosh, right now I'm here at uh, the library on my MacBook, but the pictures that I want to be able to put into this website that I'm building right here... Mm -hmm. You know, if it's back at home, I can't have access to it. Right. I would much rather have everything all up on Flickr with tags and descriptions and stuff like that. And of course, with the same way, I can just type in uh, Matthew, and if I and it pulls up every picture that Matthew's in. Right. See what we what
2: What would be the the dream app? And uh, whoever's a Cocoa developer or something like that would this would this would this, would, this will make you a million dollars. Why not use the the Flickr API? In such a way that you make an application that is a lot like an iPhoto type application, but its hooks are directly in the Flickr, so it can just pull up all your stuff live, and you can use it that way. Yeah. That, that would be kind of cool. Um, what I use iPhoto for, I use it as as the local version of what's on my Flickr account. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, like pretty much everything that's in my iPhoto is also on Flickr, just because I don't care share. You know, I, I don't care if I have to share with the world. Right. Everything. Plus, I also back it up to DVD because those right. those are just things that I know that I can't get back. And I keep them on my iPhone, too. But.
0: So it, let me ask you this. All these pictures that I have here in, iPho- in iPhoto, can I, through a couple clicks of the button, have every single one of them uploaded to Flickr? Yes. Hundreds and hundreds of them. Mm-hmm. Cool. So if I have the program, that shouldn't be a problem Yeah, at all. well, I'll show you offline how to do that. Okay. Very cool. After we get off the air. After we're off the air. And then we'll talk about it next show. Okay. So uh, so that's one question that I've been having. And I think I have uh, some other questions that I personally have been dealing with and struggling with as far as with where I'm going to go next with the Mac. But uh, I'll go ahead and let you take one of the forum questions that we have.
2: Okay. I actually added one. Uh, okay. Because I realized that Eric – I accidentally put two of Eric's in there. Um, this one's from Allison L. I don't know her last name. Do you know her last name?
0: I'm not sure, but if she just used Allison L., we'll go with Allison L. Okay. She says, and I'm going to try to read. I, I I cannot read out loud, but I'll say
2: it anyway. <laughs> I love the Mac Mini concept and price. Can you talk about the pros and cons of using the Mini as a workstation in a small business environment versus shelling out the money for a quote, full blown Mac? All of our work is done off a pre existing network server and or based internet working tools, so we really don't need a powerhouse or too much specialized software. And then she also put an update. I'm now reading that the Mini may be discontinued. What is your position on buying these if it's true other than lack of new releases and support? Are there major concerns moving forward with the Mini?
0: So what's this I hear that they might possibly discontinue them? This is the first I've ever heard of that, to be quite honest with you. I've not heard
2: that either. There 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 were rumors... Like a year ago or two that they were going to kill off the mini, and mm-hmm. then they updated it, and everybody's like, "Oh, never mind
0: you know i I can't imagine that they would get rid of the mini. I don't think so it's an it, awesome it's an awesome computer it, it, well, the thing is is that that uh the Mac really introduced the entry level uh computer for the Mac,
2: oh the mini, yeah,
0: you know it, it really i mean you the biggest argument of all time against Mac is like they're just too darn expensive, yeah. You know, and, and $1,100, $1,200, $1,300 for a computer these days is quite expensive. Oh, yeah, when well, you can go to Dell.com and you see, you know, $300 Dell with monitor and printer and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, and so to have a, what is it, a 599 599 yeah. A 599 Mac, mm-hmm. I, I think that it you can't get rid of that. And the fact that it's so small. It's ridiculously small. The and first time I ever saw it, I'm like, this could fit
2: in like a PC tower's five and a quarter inch, you know, where your where your CD-ROM drive is. Yeah, you could stick the whole thing in that tower. Can you really? I don't know. Oh, it, but it just looked like that. And it's cool. It's
0: beautiful. It's brushed aluminum, and it's just neat looking. It is attractive, and I would assume that it's quiet. It's very quiet. Is it it's very quiet? quiet? Yeah. Now, does it have this? But it does. Does it do the jet engine thing? No. It, it, there's not a whole lot of things to do the jet engine. It's it's got a tiny
2: fan. I mean, it's if you hear your MacBook. Ramp up a little bit. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's gonna happen. But think about it. Generally, that tower is gonna be a little bit away from you, so you're not really gonna hear that a whole
0: lot. Gotcha. That's the that's the if if any of you are out there, my my number one criticism of my MacBook is the jet the twin turbo engine jet (laughs) jets that they put on this thing. I mean, literally, I feel like I need to call uh, for what do they call that the uh, the the tower and request request permission (laughs) to take off. I mean, because it's really yeah. loud. Oh yeah, you should
2: you should see, hear one of these guys. It's MacBook Pro.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and what's frustrating is because it's got this awesome, uh, you know, webcam and the microphone built in. Yeah. But well, I've I've done some screen, you know, some little videos, recording little video blog entries, and you just hear that. Well, yeah, anytime, anytime the video, like if you watch like a,
2: like I, I watch Hulu on my on my stuff now. And man, the fans just ramp up super loud.
0: And you know, you would think that you could buy extra RAM for that, but really you can't because the problem is, is it's the graphics and it's the processor, right? And in these MacBooks, they're sharing the processing power. Is that right? Yeah, it, it,
2: Intel's got an integrated uh, video video chip, but uh-huh. it's, it's sharing it's sharing the
0: RAM. So I just thought of my other question for you. Go for it. All right. And if you don't know the answer to this, Chris, then then I'm going to pose this out to our Mac audience, which I know there are people out there. Do you have you ever used Final Cut Pro? Yes. Uh, do you? I have. Yeah. OK. Um, I am considering uh, doing a, pod, a, a video podcast, one that I would be extremely serious about. Don't do Final Cut Pro on a Mac Mini. What about Final Cut Pro on my MacBook? No. Why? Because the video uh, RAM is not. Enough, okay, yeah,
2: okay. and your and your hard drive's a little slow too,
0: okay, yeah, all right, well that, then you answered my question, but see, but that just was easy. <laughs> yeah well the thing is 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 what I if I'm not mistaken and chef Mark can attest to this, we went to podcamp Boston two uh, a, a podcasting conference, and they had this uh session that was put together, and this guy was running Final Cut Pro on it, and he said it was the same kind of Mac that I have. And if you go to the Final Cut Pro Studio 2 website and you right. look at the uh, requirements, it yeah. says that um, the Intel, the Intel shared um, memory chips, uh, graphics chips, Intel based chips will not work.
2: Right. And that's because the new the new version of, of Final Cut, studio is is using a lot of that core animation and and uh core image and stuff like that where it's it's offloading a lot of its rendering because it does real-time effects like if you do you know if you do some kind of color tweak or something on the video instead of waiting for it to render out it's going to do it pretty much boom right right then and there and it uses the, the the gpu to do that okay and really the the graphics on the integrated stuff is just not anywhere near like what this one has this has a uh, the one of the brand new 8800 uh Nvidia chips in it. it it just screams
0: right so 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 here's the deal then so if i'm going to if i decide to go with final cut pro studio i'm going to need to have a different mac i'm going to have to have either you know we've been of course having some great discussion in the uh, chat room and i think that if it comes down to it you know, really, the the idea of buying one of the pre- predecessors of the Mac Pro, mm-hmm. I think, was what the suggestion was, is that the G5 Tower, the G5, yeah. yeah,
2: it's not a bad system at all. Um, you can get like a two, uh, a dual two point five, would be good for you, yeah,
0: yeah, and something like that, and and that would be less expensive probably than getting, you know, a, a full blown iMac with. You know, four gigs of RAM. Probably. I would think they'd
2: be right around the same price. But what's nice about getting that G5 is you've got, you know, you can put an, an extra SATA hard drive in it. You can put cards and stuff like that if you want to, you know. How loud are those machines? They can get pretty
0: loud. Can they? The, the, G5, the G5 towers are much louder
2: than the Intel towers.
0: Yeah. Much, so, much. So that's something that I would lower. definitely, like, uh, put out in the in the office rather than in here in the studio then. Yeah. And then
2: run long cables in, right? But yeah, the, the the G5, the G5 towers were notoriously loud. Yeah, they they have like I think nine fans in them.
0: Is that Maybe right? Ten? Yeah. Wow. Alrighty. Well, I'm still my, my I'm still up in the air on that one. The other thing that um, I don't like, and I want to know is, is uh, you know because I'm thinking Final Cut Pro Studio uh, for video editing may be overblown for me because it's got motion and it's got yeah. uh it has what's the other thing it's got this um it's got the some kind of color correcting color uh. correcting yeah it's something I, I can't really imagine me using final cut express would be a good choice for you i think no i've heard that that's really i mean i've heard some podcasters that said right. you know that that that's all you're gonna you're gonna hit the ceiling on that pretty quickly well, another
2: choice is premiere adobe premiere pro
0: Okay, how much is something like that? Do you know? I don't know at the top of okay, my head. Okay, we'll have to I, look I, that up. I've got a lot of friends
2: of mine uh, who do video editing mm-hmm. you know, on a professional basis uh, for companies, and they swear by Premiere. Yeah. Just, they just love it. But it's one of those things that if you've always used that, then it's always going to be your favorite, and if you go to something else, it's going to be different. Yeah, just like Avid guys are like, you know, I don't use anything else other than Avid.
0: Yeah, Chef Mark says Adobe, uh, whatever you said, what is it? Adobe what? Premiere. Premiere. Uh, Five ninety nine is what I believe is Chef Mark is uh, yeah. referring to there. It's a nice program. I've used it myself. The big thing for me is I need to have the standard timeline. Mm-hmm. You know, you, have you ever used Windows Movie Maker? I would rather be shot than use it. But yes, I, I have used it. But but basically, what you have is you have your timeline. Right. You have your video up top, and you can see distinctly your audio track right below it. Yeah, and I, you can add another audio track. And iMovie 06 used to be the same way. I know. Yeah. And and I and I, I kind of like that. Only I I had the same problem with iMovie 06 that I did with GarageBand. And I just don't like how... Right. I don't like the rubber band audio levels and all that crazy stuff.
2: I would definitely take a look. Go to the Apple Store. Play with uh, um, Final Cut Express. Watch some of
0: the videos online. It... It is a really really nice piece of software. My here my my for me what I would like is Final Cut Pro without those three other bundled programs. Why don't they sell Final Cut Pro anymore just by itself? Cuz they they tout one of the benefits of one of the packages is that it's this rendering tool. It's like, "Well, dude, just render me DV or output or whatever you normally output." Yeah. And I've I've got uh what is that Visual Hub that I've been using? they used to sell them all separately and i guess they can, they can pack them all now for a little bit
2: cheaper really than if you bought them all separately
0: right righty. and uh so that that was my other question and and i'm still i'm still up in the air the the one thing is of course just getting started out you know i can probably handle the cost you know p- pretty soon of either the new mac mm-hmm. or the new software right but Taking the bite on both of those would just be very difficult right now. Yeah. And uh, so with this Adobe uh, uh, Premiere, I wonder, would that work on this MacBook? It could. I, I, I honestly haven't. Um, Adobe, moving
2: too, uh, Adobe used to have Premiere on both the Mac and the PC. Uh, they got away from the Mac after Final Cut came out, and iMovie was kind of getting full-featured and stuff. And now they, they've decided to come, come back into the fold because they're leaving money on the table. So right. um, with the new version of Premiere, it just, Premiere CS3 or whatever they're calling it now, I don't know, CS2 Electric Boogaloo or whatever. Do they
0: have all that at the Mac store or the Apple store? The I don't Mac think
2: they, S- they may sell Premiere, I'm not real sure. Yeah. I, I don't go to the Apple store as much as I used to, but you used especially to just, not right now.
0: But they would have Express at the store oh, yeah, that yeah. I can they, play with. Yeah, they got it installed and, and ready to. Do they have Final Cut Pro installed somewhere? Yes, they do. I think, They install all those applications for you. Yeah, I, I think I might go and play with some of that. Cool. Very cool. All right. What, what's the next question? We got you more got? questions. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go.
2: Uh, this is from Pups Pals on the forum. I don't know Pups who that Pals, is. Pups All right. <laughs> they said uh, if you put a file on a server on a Mac, you just see the files. So, like, let's say you create a folder and you put some files in it, you just see those files. Uh, but when you look at it on a PC, you see two extra files DS Store or something
0: like that. Oh yeah, like especially if you put it on a thumb drive or something, right?
2: And then he, and they're asking, "What are these files and why are they there? And can I delete them on the PC side?" And this is a good question, especially for someone who's new, who's got still has their PC, they're transferring files back and forth. You see this .dot ds store, and uh, I think it's a uh, thumbs is another thing you see. I think so. Um, real quick, on a Unix file system, a .dot whatever is is a hidden file. So okay. if you put like .dot blah blah blah. blah it's hidden on a Unix file system, typically. Dot DS store means desktop services store, and I can't take credit off knowing this off the top of my head, I did look on Wikipedia. Um, It's a hidden file created by the uh, Mac operating system to uh, store custom attributes of a folder such as the position of icons or the choice of a background image. And uh, pretty much what it is, is is the Mac, I'm gonna use my hands again for people who can see. The Mac uses a forked file system That has like data and the other one's like metadata. Okay. And on a Windows machine, it kind of throws away that metadata and just looks at the actual file data. And the metadata is used to store things like spotlight preferences and things like that. So
0: it's basically preferences associated with the Mac OS. Pretty much.
2: So if you see those DS underscore uh, store files on a PC, you can trash them. Yep. And the ThumbsDB is a hidden file used by some versions of Microsoft Windows that stores a cache for the Windows Explorer thumbnail view you can get rid of those too.
0: Yep, very cool.
2: So it's just it's just extra files that that OS10 uses to make sure, you know, to to have certain options and things, you know, like right. that. Right.
0: And and the good news is that if you delete those and then all of a sudden you want to put them back on your Mac, you're not going to be have any problem at all. No. It no. will it will automatically recreate that .ds store. Right. that's what's kind of cool about a Mac
2: is is a, if if like a preference list isn't there, that the, the program is not going to just barf and stop working? It's going to generate a new one for you.
0: Yep, absolutely.
2: All right. So, do we have another question? I do, and this this is the the uh, t shirt round two winner. Okay. And uh, the uh, winner is uh, Linker J Patrick.
0: No, it's at uh, J Patrick.
2: Yeah, J Patrick.
0: <laughs> but his u- username is uh, he is he does go by Linker J Patrick. I don't know why. Yeah. Patrick, why did you do that? Because he's awesome. (laughs) All right. So anyway, uh, what? So he's the winner of this week's (laughs) t-shirt. Hold on.
2: You got that sound effect, which is gonna when you hit that, it's gonna sound like it's a mistake because it's so late now. But do it anyway.
0: We'll just do this one. How's that? All All right.
2: right. (laughs) You want to you want to read the winning question?
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, Is it in? Where is it at? It's, it's, <laughs> in, in, our, it's a, in our show notes. It's in our
2: top secret show
0: notes. All right. Well, let me pull up our top secret show notes here, and uh, which is hosted by Google Apps. I love Google
2: Apps. Google Apps say- rocks www.google.com for all your application online needs.
0: Well, except for NetVibes. I'm totally addicted to NetVibes for my homepage. You now. know what? I'm over. I I, I I was at NetVibes nine
2: months ago, and I'm already over with it. I'm back like, to iGoogle.
0: Yeah, but you know what? I left iGoogle for NetVibes for the podcasting ability of it.
2: Well, that's cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, I totally love how it pulls up a podcast and and keeps it inside that tab for you. For it. it's, it's beautiful. That's pretty cool. And uh, let's see here. Uh, so, okay, here's the question. I'm constantly hearing uh, a Mac is good for graphics, isn't it? I hate that. All right. Go ahead. I can see where it was a big deal in the 80s when PCs were running DOS and Mac had a GUI, but uh, which is, let's see, what is graphics user interface for those of you who aren't familiar. Yep. Uh, but it doesn't. Let's see here. But doesn't PCs run uh, things like Photoshop just as well? Uh, what makes a Mac better for graphics? I know. Um, let's see. I know quite a few people who settled on a cheap PC because they didn't lo- because they didn't need to do the graphics.
2: Right. That is a carryover from the awesome early '90s. Okay. Uh, back when like PageMaker and things like that first came out, they only came out on a Mac. Okay. It didn't come out on on Windows because Windows Come on, we all remember running Windows 3.1. Right, you no know, doubt. It was awful. Yeah. Um nowadays, you know, I'm I'm going to I'm going to take off the I'm not really going to take off my my apple hat cuz my hair looks awful, but I'm going to take off the apple hat for a second. There's no difference. If you if you want to run Photoshop on Windows, that's fine. Yep. If you run or run Photoshop on a Mac, that's fine. You can probably build I'm going to say it right now, you can probably build a PC with really really nice stats, that can run Photoshop super super fast on a PC and save money than running it on a, on a Mac.
0: Yeah. So if that's if your primary job is to do um, is to do basically just that, just the photo editing and and stuff like that, certainly go with a PC. Right now, um, <clears throat> Windows two thousand
2: Windows XP things like that did it. They, they didn't ha- handle color management a lot. Well, they didn't handle it at all, um, and built into the operating system. Vista has corrected that with built-in color management and things like that. Where a Mac has always had uh, color management and, and color calibration and things like that. So, in Apple's defense, they've always been a little more, a um, little more aware of, of of the color needs. You, you can still get a third-party, uh, you know, color calibrator, hook it up to your PC, do that, and you'll be fine. Um, but really, for the most part. At this point now, I would say they're they're a wash. Uh, right. You know the, the advantages of running things on a Mac. Uh, fonts are are handled a little bit better. They used to, at least they used to be. You know, PostScript fonts and things like that on a Mac than they were on Windows because TrueType. A lot of a lot of typesetters and stuff just don't use TrueType. Just they just throw it right out the window. Um, you know, you don't have the viruses and spyware and things like that, and it's just from a from a repair standpoint because a lot of a lot of graphics a lot of graphic designers typically our freelancers it's a lot easier to work on a Mac as far as like solving problems than on a Windows machine you know things like that right And but it all goes back down to you couldn't do it on a Windows machine for the longest time back in the day right so it's it's, it's a misnomer it's probably never going to be changed you know that I don't need to, I don't need one of them fancy Macs cuz I don't want to do graphics. Yeah.
0: And and you know what I I had heard that back in the day, but more so I had heard if you want to do video editing, the Mac is the way to go.
2: That's because Avid wasn't out on a PC
0: right for the longest time. Right. And so of course, um, you know, and of course the fact that you get a Mac out of the box ready to go with iMovie was another reason. Right. But then XP came out with Windows Movie Maker, which in my opinion I enjoy Windows Movie Maker more than I enjoy iMovie. Right. And, and and another thing uh with 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 the graphics and all that kind of stuff
2: is that, you know, Apple makes a specific set of hardware and software. Right. So inherently it's going to be more stable just because of the of the tight controls. Yeah. We're on a Windows machine, you know. Windows is amazing. The fact that it can run on just this huge variety of, of hardware you know it's it's a it's incredible it can do that but also it comes with problems you know compatibility issues Drivers. driver issues crashing you know that, that kind of stuff just because it's got to run so many different things um whereas a mac you know there's you get what you get and that's it so a lot of times it, the stability has seemed to be a little bit better and that's you know that, that also attributes to the why graphic design houses have used macs for so long
0: right because if your pc's down you're losing money yeah so, um, very good questions, and uh, Jay Patrick, we will get that t-shirt out to you as well as our previous yeah. two weeks yeah. winners. Yeah. So, we will get those out uh, over the next uh, week or so. And we might, you know what, I was gonna actually going to bring you a shirt tonight, and I totally- Yeah, where's
2: my shirt? I totally forgot,
0: and I apologize. i I'm getting ready to mass produce some of these fancy gspn.tv- Shirts, and I'll make sure I get you one. We'll trade, and even exchange. Sweet, the Apple shirt. How's that? That sounds good. I want to make. I want to make a help. I got a Mac hoodie. That'd be pretty cool. That would be cool. That would. Be do we cool. know any screen printers? Uh, yeah, we do. Actually, anybody a
2: screen printer out there wants to make us some cool hoodies? <laughs>
0: yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Alrighty. So that is this episode of Help I Got a Mac. You
2: oh, know, uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. He's asking where do I get? Uh, where, where do I send my address to? Just uh, send me a private message or, or email me at chris at gspn. tv .TV.
0: yes absolutely sending me an email and he will get that to you and uh i've almost felt really off my game tonight because i'm so used to always starting a show with music yeah you know that is that was odd for me to because that's where i it was kind of yeah we didn't have a yeah real quick before we end the show yeah because we're gonna end the show here in a second we are gonna end the show in just a second um
2: can I talk about a little bit, a little bit of a, like a software must-have kind of thing? Yeah, please do. With the spirit of giving, I want to give everybody Wiretap Pro for free. Now, the way you do this is not through me. I'm not, I'm not going to give anybody anything for free except t-shirts because I just got like a box full of them. All right. There's a website called MacGivingTree.com. Uh, it's from the people that brought you Mac Heist uh, last year, which Mac Heist was really, really cool. It's kind of like a viral kind of campaign where they give you clues and you go out on the internet and search and then you get put in a code and you get free software. Okay. And then uh you also get like software bucks when they release like this really cool like package of software for like fifty dollars. normally if you bought it separately it would be like two hundred dollars. And it had like Delicious Monster and all sorts of cool stuff like that. Okay. So what is wired what is it Wiretap Pro? Yeah, right now if you if you if you join MacGivingTree.com, dot Uh, You get uh, Wiretap Pro free and and some other software. And they also have two packages on there that Christmas Day, if you go to the website, they open up and you get that software for free too. Well, Tell me what Wiretap is though. Wiretap Pro is made by, I think it's made by Ambrosia Software. Okay. And uh, what it does is it allows you to record any audio that's coming into your computer. Okay. So like if you're listening to a streaming audio... You can save it, or if you're doing a Skype call, okay, you can save it as an MP3 or AIF file, anything like that. Cool. And normally, this program, I think, is it was like twenty dollars or twenty nine dollars when it when it was out. They now have Wiretap Studio, so they're kind of pushing people away from Wiretap Pro. Okay, but you can get Wiretap Pro now for free, so that's pretty cool.
0: Very cool. So, uh, Wiretap Pro is a lot like Audio Hijack, yes. And Chef Mark wants to know if you can download them now and install them later when you get a Mac. Yes. So very good. All right, okay, folks. That is our show for the week, and uh, we appreciate you uh, joining us here in the live chat room. And everybody, have a merry Christmas. Merry merry Christmas to you. You have guys. a merry
2: Christmas. You too. Hope Thank you get you. a Mac.
0: I, I hope I do get a Mac. Okay. <laughs> See you guys later. Another one.